Welcome to the preview show, sponsored by Betway. It's Friday the 3rd of July. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Brassel. Does that sound happy? Well, as it is a preview show, guys, I think it's only fair that we crack straight on with weekend's games. <laughs> no way. And by the way, when people are confused by that intro, what they need to know is that I'm very concerned about how happy you are at the moment and that you sound happy. <laughs> and uh, that's my biggest concern. Andy's the same. We care about your well-being, that's all. Yeah, that's why my intro sounded so downcast. It's not just that I find saying my own name every time I'm in here an absolute ordeal. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that I've never been last before, which means I've got to provide some sort of, you know, home and Finality. away, neighbours type of yeah. flourish. Yeah, there, is, yeah. there are different different technical skills to going in different places in the in the run. 100%. Yeah. And, and Andy and I, on when we did OTC... We, I mean, it's fair to Andy, I don't want to throw you under the bus here. Um, I hope you know I'm not, I'm not that kind of broadcaster. But, but the, 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 we had to do it a few times, didn't we, occasionally? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Give it, most, most, him, most of it is as live, but just not the intro. Ask him everything about, you want about football. He never gets phased. No. Ask, ask him, him to say, say his, his own name. name. Trouble. What's your name, Andy? You know what? I think it's Danny Kelly who got inside my head. <laughs> is that right? Because he started saying Andy Brassell. They did, didn't they? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like that. I think, you know, one, I'm not precious about how it's pronounced. And yeah. secondly, I, I thought, well, that's a nice European flourish. It's, it suits oh, our brand. Yeah. But obviously, it made loads of people come up to me and go, how do you say your name? How do you say it? I'm like, I'm I don't no care. Yeah. The, the best one of those was Alan Brazil going, are we related? <laughs> Similar, isn't it? Yeah. Could be a variation. Could be a variation. It could be. Anyway, Kate, you're very upset about Spurs last night. We know that. We'll come on to that, won't we? Well, no, because we need to skip. We need to get on, Luke. Okay, you said a quick, a quick Short game time. is a good game. Short time. <laughs> Straight, and here's the break. Yeah. Um, no, well, what we will do is start with the champions against the former champions, Manchester City 4, Liverpool 0. This was the joint heaviest defeat by a side already crowned Premier League champions in a season. Hmm. Yeah, um, Liverpool have equaled the record for heaviest defeat as Premier League champions in their first game as Premier League champions, which I think you've got to enjoy. That's, but, you have to enjoy that. But before the time that it was done before was um, Arsenal in seven, uh, 97, 98, and it was also the first game after they were cha- crowned okay, champions. Right. So I think there's Liverpool, quite a lot in that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think that. there's definitely a lot in that because we know what the mentality shift can be like when a team is crowned champions, right? Although Jürgen Klopp does not like you suggesting that. No, and the thing is, with that situation, I think to myself straight away, Jürgen Klopp gives that interview after the game. He's understandably pissed off. It's 4-0, it could have been worse. And he gets the arse off straight away, right? And then I think, that's a bit poor. And then I realise that he's talking to Jeff Reeves. And I think, (laughs) I, I relate to that. I relate to that. I just think the thing we've forgotten about Jurgen Klopp, because this season's been so incredibly successful for him, is that he's a terrible loser and he's really bloody difficult. And of course, we've we've seen that when um, Liverpool got knocked out of the Champions League to Atletico Madrid, after which he was unbelievably mm. ungracious. But but that's what he's like, and mm. it's we've seen more smiling Klopp this season, which is obviously good news for for Liverpool fans. But you know, he just doesn't like losing anything, and that's why they are where they are. Yeah. And I think the, the 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 mentality shift, as I mentioned a second ago, about you know, the the even if it's subconscious, it's how it's why managers at the top level talk about how much more difficult it is. Like it's exponentially difficult to defend a title than it is to win one, because even if it's subconscious, that 
unplanned relaxation. If you think about if you if you think about a squad of players setting a goal at the start of the season all the way through, then they achieve that goal. They're human beings. They're not gonna they're not gonna go right. Okay, now we really want to send a message to Man City and beat them. Of course, they want to do that. But I think it's much more to do with the relaxation than it is the idea of them partying or all that, all that kind of stuff. To me, you, you see it happen far too often, I think, for that. I think it's, that's why, why it happens. It's nice of Andy Robertson to underline so emphatically, though, that we're not on our game. And yeah. we, we could be more competitive if we were completely on it. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? You'd hope that's true. But, but they're in incredible positional drifts, the way you just like, went charging off yeah. into the, into the centre, like, you know... Latter period Marcelo. I don't want to cast aspersions, but having said what I've said about partying, I should point out that Andy Robertson is obviously Scottish. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, let's get a bit of xenophobic. Anyone, it's not xenophobic, is it? It's a, it's a, caricature into the football ramble. I mean, make a change, I guess. Does Andy Robertson, th- do you think Andy Robertson's had a beer this week? I, I wouldn't want to comment. All I would say. I, I want to comment. That's why I'm here. All I would say <laughs> is that, they, I don't know, what would we say? There were 10 I mean, you could say as much as 20% off. They could have lost to plenty of other teams than City. Mm. However, I think you only need to be exactly a couple of percent off. Doesn't that show you exactly what the level is expected and what's needed? If you, if you Against a team like Man City, probably against many teams in the Premier League, as you've alluded to there, Kate. If you, also, if you're a few percent off, it's, it's no good. You know what? It's absolutely tremendous psychology because I think back to when Barcelona were falling to bits at the end of 2007, 2008, just before Guardiola took over. And Barcelona had to do the um, corridor of applause for, for Real Madrid. Corridor of applause? <laughs> Guard of honour. Guard of honour. <laughs> I was going to say, there must, there must be a phrase written in English. I'm pretty sure there's a phrase written in English. Yeah. Is that what they call it in, in Spanish? Probably. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 Love that. Anyway, like, on, on they come at the Bernabeu. Real Madrid and, and and they're applauded on by uh, Ronaldinho and Henri and all the rest of it. And they go on to absolutely thwack Barcelona 4-1. Mm. But not only have they got the humiliation of applauding them on at the Bernabeu, um, but, but they have to get absolutely humiliated at the same time. Mm. And of course, there's so much that Guardiola did, like plucking out key players and quite bravely plucking out players like um, Ronaldinho and Deco and changing things about quite substantially at Barcelona. But I just wonder if you think of it the other way around, Liverpool getting the opposite result to that, Mm. you know, it'll be City going, you know what? I think everything's fine. You know, we don't need to do anything wild. Yeah. We don't need to do anything Mm. wild and crazy. Whereas if you're a Barcelona player that night, you're thinking, Oh shit! Yeah. What what has happened to us? Yeah. You know, before Guardiola gets there and turns everything upside down, well, actually, City do need to turn things upside down at least to a certain extent. Do you think that? Because I was going to say yes. that actually, yes. it seemed like evidence that they, you know, they do have the makings of a title-winning team next season. Absolutely, and I'd maybe back them to win the Champions League. Finally, I mean, not just off that performance. It's extraordinary that they've lost as many games as they have this season, I think. But don't you think that, despite what it said on the paper, Manchester City versus Liverpool, it just felt like a very good training session? (laughs) Well, yeah, but there is... That's that's what it felt like. So I I don't know how you can use that to judge anything. I don't think it's a measure. But I I do think that Man City are probably better than they showed this season. Yeah. And um, I think, as, as, as history will tell you, it's very, very difficult to defend the Premier League title. Speaking of defending, yeah. are they defensively better than they've showed this season? Because I would say probably not. They need, I think that's one, one, one of their major issues. But the guard of honour, or as Andy 
calls it the corridor, corridor of applause. That's what we do for you. I mean, that's what you have written into your contract for when you arrive at Football Rumble Towers. So I don't know why you're <laughs> pretending you haven't heard it called a corridor of <laughs> well, applause that's, before. Well, that's not true, because as you well know, I write the contract, so it's fine. <laughs> um, have you ever seen have you, have you ever seen a more unenthusiastic corridor of applause? I was about that? to say that. Everyone was going on about, oh, you know, it's lovely how... I, I suspect they were setting up their little, you know, their... They showed them respect before the game, but they didn't show respect yeah, yeah. On, the, yeah. on the pitch. But in reality, they didn't show them very much. It wasn't a very respectful was, corridor of applause. And was, also, was, did was, you see how they just stopped? They just wandered off before the end of it. If, if I was a Liverpool player, I'd have said, do you know what? Don't fucking bother. <laughs> no, forget it. I don't want it if that's what you're going to do. It's like your mum saying, do the washing up and you put it on the side and there's still food all over the place. If you're not going to do it properly... <laughs> don't bother. Yeah, don't can bother. You, can you believe, though, that they did... Did you see? They sort of broke away yeah, before yeah. the last... I don't know who was coming through last, but the last people coming out... That's why, that's why. Do you know why? So it's because the last dance is very much part of our culture now. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're thinking of the the, 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 pistons, the pistons walking off, walking off. Yeah, when they lost to the Bulls, aren't they? Roy Keane threw us all a curveball as well. I was, I have never been more convinced of anything that Roy Keane would have said. The corridor of applause was a load of nonsense, and it, he was all about it. He was like, you've got to give respect to get respect. No, I, I love the way I've made you call it corridor. Yeah, of applause. that's what I'm call it from now on. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. It's a much better name. But I thought Keane would hate it, but he was all about it. Yeah. Keane didn't, I thought a couple of people didn't look very well last night. <laughs> <laughs> Including Guardiola, actually. I thought maybe this tension is like getting on top of him. Is it respectful? The other thing about it is, right, if you're Pep Guardiola and you know you're going to have to give a corridor of applause to a, foot, to a team, is it respectful to wear a hoodie? Just a casual Puma hoodie? No. And would, the combats as well. I would expect a DJ. He looked Not like even proper trousers. Least. He looks like he's been sent to do some kind of community work. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, I think he has, basically. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll come to Mourinho later, but I think if you look at Mourinho's fortunes, it's almost inextricably linked to his sartorial choices. It was, yeah, it is. We go, we, yep. go, we go down the years. Because That's you, an excellent point. You, you think when you go back to... Porto or early Chelsea Mourinho. So he, sharp. He looks sharp. He looks handsome. Obviously, he's a bit younger. Mm. But when you get he's also to a the, bit thinner. When, true. But when you get to the back end of Real Madrid, you're at this point where it's, he looks like some sort of deranged, out-of-work ski monitor. He looks, like, living, he looks he? like he's living in the back of his car. Yes. I said at the time. He, yes. he, when he got to the point where he was literally just chucking on an unironed Real Madrid polo shirt for games, that's when you knew the game was up. The game is gone. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the question is, does Guardiola get to that point? Because at the moment, he's wearing club shop hoodie, yeah. like possibly even sports direct combats. No, because he had that horrible cardigan in that title winning season. So yeah. it, I don't know. The it cards, doesn't seem to all, massively affect him. To me, I'm worried about that, the hair next. You know when... Um, I thought you got worried about that with Pep, mate. He's not had hair for about 25 years. No, and no, no, he's one of the very no, few but, people who can pull it off. Yeah. Name a better looking baldy than yeah. Pep Guardiola. But, but, but at the moment, he's proper bullet head. That's fine. Yeah. But what if he gets to the point... Like, sorry, Kate. Larry what it, David. What if he gets to the point? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say just like, just like Chiro in Gamora. You know where he yeah. goes off grid? Yeah. Kate, you're going to have to sit this one out, Kate. <laughs> no, actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to intervene because... Um, we obviously have to move on to the weekend's games quite soon. So, no, no <laughs> so that's not happening. What we need to do is we need to pay a bit of we need to pay our own bit of respect to Manchester City, I think, and talk a little bit about their goals and a little yeah. bit about the wonderful Phil Foden. Yes, um, the composure he showed. He was very heavily involved in the second goal, but then of course his goal, the third, when he was so composed, he played that beautiful one-two with 
Kevin De Bruyne, and he was just so composed in the face of like a wild man. Alison's a, Alison Alison's, rushing out with all the hair he still appears to have. Alison's presence as a goalkeeper is terrifying, ridiculous. Isn't yeah, he? He, he, mm. his if you st- stop to think about it and watch it, his presence and his positioning is amazing. He's one of the very best. But Foden, he took even slightly more time than you expected. Time seemed to expand at that moment, and he has that quality as a player. I think to make time take longer. You yeah. know the thing that the very best athletes seem yeah. to have. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think you know, given that he's only just twenty as well, he's twenty last month. And um, Pep Guardiola has spoken very effusively about him and and said that you know he's the future of this team. And he's also said that we don't need to replace David Silver, hasn't he? Because we we want to use Phil in that role, which is an amazing thing to say for to one of the greats, really. Mm. Uh, to sorry for him to replace one of the greats. But but it has been kind of an extended handover this season, hasn't it? More extended than Phil Foden would have liked, I would have thought. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, but yes, but yeah, he has, sure. But, but he has like, played. He's, he has he's played, played almost thirty games. games. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. played a lot of games this season. But he's not had a lot of starts. No. And and I think what we'd like to see, as we always seem to have to say when it comes to Phil Foden, no one's in doubt of his talent. It's ridiculous. His talent. It's, he is. He can go to the very, very top of the game. Everyone knows that. But every time we talk about, and we have to put this addendum on the end where we say, if he can play, mm. and we have to, we have to hope that Guardiola when he has space to play him a little bit more like he will next season um, plays him and I don't, Andy I don't know how this ranks alongside other top prospects around Europe uh, we can talk about the amount of appearances he's made but I think he's only made 550 Premier League minutes this season mm. which is only the equivalent of what you know five six games or whatever so six games maybe so it's not that many no, but I do feel there's a genuineness in Guardiola wanting to put him in the in, in the team more consistently. And I think to have the luxury of that sort of David Silva sort of farewell season, I, I think has is, is, is been pretty good for him. But it's going to be for, I don't just think Foden, but for the rest of City, all about the experienced players they, they go and get. Because obviously, especially in the current environment, that's enormously expensive. And there are areas of the team that have been totally neglected and there are things they they need to deal with particularly defensively mm. if if I was them I, I, I would be taking a year of Thiago Silva absolutely hmm. right yeah good point well I, I said that before didn't I when when we talked about it and I thought if if they'd have gone back I don't know if it's even possible but like a year or whatever yeah, it's they've, impossible they've, to go back <laughs> a year you can't go, it's that, that is impossible I'm pretty confident you say that they've put back to the future back on Amazon Prime <laughs> but you know if, that's if, my weekend sorted Kate you haven't been reading your Harry Potter that's it's for Michael sure. J Fox in a car we, yeah, I'm yeah, trying I'm to do popular culture <laughs> what did you say <laughs> Harry Potter yeah oh, fair enough well done. You can't just say Harry Potter and I'm trying to do culture. That's with the time turner. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Ah, there you go. Hermione goes back. Uh, there, that's true. Day. That is true. So, carry on, Andy. Anyway, <laughs> I, I really think John Stones could have done with that type of figure. Ideally, they need a Vincent Company figure mm. who's mm. fit more often. Yeah. That, that's clearly what they mm. that they need. I, I, it, it, it's totally weird to me. But Phil uh, Foden could probably play centre back. He probably will end up playing. He can play all of the positions. Yeah. He just needs to. Doesn't he seem like a lovely boy as well? That's the thing I like about him. He just seems like a lovely boy as well. This He's got is a very nice, fresh face. Football podcast area, like yeah. Oh, I just really want to love these footballers that I don't know, and I want to make <laughs> out like they're. I want to believe that they're really lovely. He seems like yeah. He seems right. like a nice boy. He seems lovely. Uh, yeah, four 0 final score. I actually really enjoyed on the Sky commentary on the Sky studio as well. Micah Richards massive laugh at half time. That was very yeah. enjoyable. Um, he is a He's great, great is a great yeah. pundit, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he is. And it could, I mean, as you said, Andy, it could have been many more goals, and it could, in particular, have been five nil because Mara scored that enjoyable little 
like goalkeeping cock up where it yeah. came in on the near post. Um, but of course, it was ruled out. Imagine that was ruled out in a game that someone needed to win to win the title and it was nil-nil at the time. Jesus. There'd be a lot more being made of that than there was. Yeah. Because for Well, everyone's, everyone's over it. But what was interesting, and it's a conversational segue, Luke, because yeah. we are going to talk about Tottenham Hotspur... Yeah. Sheffield United, which yeah. because that's our role as a football podcast is to cover the story. I noticed the, the, the timing of the recording. You've left us about three minutes when we're supposed to leave us ten. Yeah. I know what you're doing. Andy knows what you're doing. <laughs> Dereliction of duty is what it is. I'm pulling the strings. <laughs> I was here pulling the strings very yeah. subtly. I can't believe yeah. you drew attention to that. Anyway, yeah. the point being that that was not the only ludicrous handball uh, decision. No, let me rephrase that. It's not a ludicrous handball decision within the context of the game. There was more than one yeah. that night. It also occurred in the Sheffield United-Tottenham Hotspur game. I'm not trying to make the argument that things would have been entirely different um, had that initial goal for Spurs been given. But I have, and I don't really want, obviously because this is like a VAR debate, I don't want to spend, you know, the rest of our three minutes on this game <laughs> uh, talking about Two minutes fifteen. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ta- talking about VAR. But what I have run out of is understanding the logic behind it. I, for anyone who's seen the game, or even if you haven't, what happened um, was that Lucas Moura's hand, or he was sort of effectively hit by the ball as he fell over, having been fouled. He was crowded out by three Sheffield United players. As a result of playing the advantage, the goal that was scored by Harry Kane was then ruled out. Now, as I understand it. As we know, if there's a handball and it leads to a goal, then the goal is ruled out. But but there seems to be a lack of... There's no link here because it seems as though that means that we're now, as a result of VAR, taking all the incidents outside the context of the game. Well, there are two issues with this, Kate. And Firstly, I think this is just a piss poor decision anyway. <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with the actual rule. The rule is terrible as well. That's the other part of it. But it's just a terrible decision. Is it that much to do with with VAR? I suppose it is in the sense that the referee But it w- makes things absolute, it doesn't it? It makes things absolute. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, and I'm not I'm not in favour of the absolute. Personally, one thing I, I've I found very annoying for a number of years, before we even got to this point, before we even got to the point of VAR being a possibility, is managers, yeah, like Sam Allardyce and Chris Coleman, complaining that a goal scored against them was six inches off. I really don't care. Mm. I really don't care. I, I always thought, benefit of the doubt to the attacker. And, yes. you know, if it if it worked like in cricket, for example, where unless it's a horrendous error, then the on-field decision stuck with. I, you know, You know, it's like umpires umpires call yeah Yeah, discretion that's Mm. the word umpires call is what they say isn't it yeah that that that, that's that to me feels uh a lot more logical and there's a specific rule actually that you could apply that translates from cricket which is that um if you come out of your crease to evade injury basically right and you're and you're stumped it can be ruled out you're actually out okay so it's maybe that some sort of angle like that. it's funny you should say that actually because the way that lucas mora landed the first thing I didn't, I, I didn't think handball first off. I thought right. as he put his shoulder out. Yeah. Because of well, the, the, I, I don't the, understand. The I, I don't understand your criticism of the referee unless I'm being stupid here. Because at the point he doesn't know that Moore is going to go and the ball's going to hit Moore's hand. He's just playing an advantage, which he's supposed to do because mm. the team are attacking. It's a good advantage. It's only later. Yeah. that we realise that the rule comes in and essentially undermines the referee's own decision. He's got no yeah. way of knowing. So I don't think you can necessarily blame him in that situation. But what I would say is, the handball... My, my take on it is that people forget that the handball rule probably needed to change, right? Mm. At the time, it was confusing. 
it was it was a real grey area. The the way the laws were written, it wasn't being applied. It was kind of being a fudged way through the guidance no, but that's, given. That's not to do with the rule. That's to do with the application of the rule. No, because the, but I don't think the rule itself was clear. The rule was the rule at the time. I think I'm, I'm freestyling here, but I think the rule at the time was it has to be handled deliberately. And then referees yeah. were interpreting that based on the further guidance they were given, and it was becoming a huge grey area, so it needed to change. But the fact that it's changed to this is absolutely is, is absolutely ridiculous. It I is mean, absolutely. And, and the worst thing about it is, if you look at what's being reported in the news this morning, at the very top level, Kalina, the guys who are making these decisions, at IFAB or whoever it is, there's no appetite to change it. They don't see what the problem is, Jesus. and and so yeah. it's not going to change anytime soon. So we're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, it's just the but definition of whether that what's handball isn't it? That's the, changing, but the but yeah. the, the rule was specific law we're talking about here. <clears throat> and the problem is, Kate, Still is that relevant. there are too many people in football who know the price of everything yet the value of nothing. And this is an example of that. Yes, you can pull your pen out and write down and underline the particular law it applies to, and say the referee's done the right thing or the VAR officials done the right thing. It, that's irrelevant. It's just absolute but, but bollocks. This, it shouldn't happen. This, this is different because the referee hasn't... Uh, the, well, I, I shouldn't say the referee. The officiating team, the VR officiating team, haven't done the right no, thing. No, but they have. Right. That's the point I was trying to make about the incremental decisions. All of these things now occur in isolation because as... Mm. Um, I think Jose Mourinho probably was saying, mm. you know, the man in black on the field is yeah. not holding it all together. That's mm. going to change next season. Yeah. Because the referee in the UK is going to go look at the monitors. They have to go and look at the monitor. So the referee can make the final decision. It's an easy fix to this, by the way. I'm not just kind of ranting is around. There? Yeah, I think there's an go easy... Go on then, Lee. For this particular incident, there's a really easy fix, which yeah. is that you, you set a, um, a set of parameters down to the referee's judgment and say, if he is handballing in the act of being fouled, yeah. it's not handball. Clearly. Regardless. And then you just get, then it's fine. You just push no, but on. He, he was fouled, and then it was a handball. That's that's different. But no, yeah, but, but my point is, it was all one action. Yeah, but my point is, if, if that doesn't lead to a goal, or in fact, in fact, he should have a further. free kick. If Kane squares that to Son, it's a goal because it's it's a different phase. Yeah. So yeah. If, if 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 he if he is 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 handballing it in the act of being fouled, right, and it doesn't lead to a goal, it's not handball. So my point is bracket off the foul as an incident mm. and say that makes it irrelevant and then move on that way. That's the easy fix. But then what you're doing then is you're setting higher and higher and more complicated and more complicated sets of processes. Yeah, that to, that do to a, me seems a massive problem But, but, it's, but if they're yeah. not going to change it another way, that's the only way they can do it. Well, Jamie Redknapp in the studio was saying, you know, that they're not applying common sense, which is... A loose well, but that, that, doesn't, that doesn't fucking mean anything. But it well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't it's exactly what you're talking about, though, because and it's what I'm trying to say, which is that there's no room. It seems like to look at the context of the game, because the job of the VAR has been done, has been executed perfectly. There has there been a handball? Yes. Mm. Therefore, it's disallowed. But unfortunately, that little incident on its own, the context of it. But the isn't mean, considered. The reason it doesn't mean anything is because if we did exactly that and called and did exactly what Jamie Redknapp's calling for there, in four weeks' time, he'll be asking for consistency. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he'll say, why is it applied that week and not applied that week? And someone will say, because you asked for common sense application. And he'll say, no, I want yes, consistency. Yes, but that goes back to pre-VAR, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Can I, can I just say that Jose yes, Mourinho is absolutely delighted <laughs> yeah. in this conversation while yeah. he's yeah. counting his money. Yeah, he's yeah. texting me. He's saying, what, we, <laughs> can let, we talk more about VAR? Let's, let's Look, do no, I think let's the main spurs. thing to concentrate on, really, is that Tottenham's Harry Kane has now scored against all 29 of the Premier League teams he's faced. Good on him.
And he'll be doing it for another club next season, I expect. So oh, that'll be interesting. God. Um, see, if he can rep- see if he can replicate it elsewhere. How, how would he be doing it for another club next well, no one, season? No one could afford to buy him, I know that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, not, that's not the kind of gotcha you think it is if you're a Spurs fan. It's not, it's not a great thing, is it? Oh, by the way, he's sticking around because no one else can buy him. That's not the same as him wanting to stay, is it? If it's the New England Patriots, same, mate. Same result. <laughs> true, true. I mean, do you remember in 2004 where Patrick Vieira gave that press conference about, yeah, I was I was going to go to Real Madrid, but in the end, the tug of Arsenal kept me here. <laughs> yeah. You think Arsenal fans cared that it was like Florentino Perez going, well, you know what? I'm not going to pay you as much as the rest because you're not a shirt seller. No, yeah. I remember being an Alan Knight testimonial at Portsmouth. Bear with me here. Uh <laughs> Mid-90s, probably. <laughs> Alan Knight, legendary Portsmouth goalkeeper. He came out after the testimonial and said that um, uh, that people have asked me all the time <laughs> as to why I never moved on from Portsmouth, why I stayed here my whole career. And then someone from the crowd next to me shouted out, because no one came in for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's mean, because that's his moment. He definitely heard that, because we weren't that far away from him. <laughs> and so it can happen, is what I'm saying. But on the Spurs team, my friend texted me before the, before the game saying... It's the best team he can pick from players that he doesn't hate about Jose Mourinho. <laughs> and if that doesn't sum up the Jose Mourinho problem, then it probably should. What upsets me the most with this, with uh, Tangi and Dombele getting his uh, cursory 19 minutes at mm. the end when the, the, the game is pretty much played an gone. amazing through ball, which is unfortunately offside, by the way. His, his yeah. ability is unbelievable. Yes, I yeah. love him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think... The thing is, I'm so convinced of Mourinho's vindictiveness. Yeah. Now, I'm actually genuinely convinced that he listened to yesterday's podcast, listened to Vish's little love poem to Ndombele <laughs> and thought, right, I'm going to show yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, 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 feel, I feel like um, contextually for Spurs, this is an even worse result than is being reported. Like, I mean, because what message does that send Sheffield United didn't really need to be that good. That's point number one. Mm. Point number two, Spurs are supposed to be pushing for Champions League places here, and that's the kind of performance they turn out. First half, okay. Second half, defensively, abysmal. I actually thought they were right for the first 20 minutes. I, yeah. was, I, was, quite in, yeah. I was quite inspired. I, I thought can see that. They're, you know, they're making the runs, they're playing the old triangle. It, it was all right. Some, <laughs> Did you say inspired off the back of Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but what I would say... For the first 20 is, minutes. <laughs> what I would say is... If you, I was feeling optimistic. If you feel like you're in a charitable mood and you kind of squint, you kind of get the impression occasionally that Spurs are in control of games sometimes, right? They've not been great, but they but then then the messages being sent by them collapsing like that and playing defensively in that way, it's just so bad. And the problem is it speaks to a larger issue. They're going to need to work out what they want to do because they've got players there who need to be moved on. They've got a team that's come to the end of the cycle. The jury's still out on the manager who they've taken a big gamble on. They're paying him 15 million a year, by the way. Very, very top level. And... It needs to be overhauled. Even if you put to one side the stuff I know Andy's going to say about how they're going to buy players because of the situation we're all in, I get that. But even if you put that to one side, Levy's going to have to trust Mourinho to rebuild this team. And I personally think you need to have rocks in your head to think that Mourinho, this version of Mourinho, can build a team that's going to change for for the Premier League. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I also think you can't really blame him that much for what's happening at the moment. I mean, of course, there are the growing poisonous personal relationships with his squad and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But if, if we overlook that for, for for the moment, this is basically just a vindication of what Pochettino always was, was saying yeah, for the last year. Yeah, it needs to be rebuilt at the time, yeah. When, yes. did say, when did he say that, Kate? Pochettino is correct. We yeah. all recognise that <laughs> and have recognised it for a long time. I am 
sorry to say that we have run out of time to talk about the Tottenham Sheffield United game. Is this because I mentioned the word dictatorial? Yeah. I didn't think we'd see a Kate Mason power move quite so early in their process of working with us, but it seems I was wrong. Look, I'm just I'm not the string puller. We know that producer Charlie is a string puller. He says he's enjoyed this very much and we've hammered them enough. Okay. Um so yes, Sheffield United. Always do it again I, on feel, Monday, I, suppose. I feel guilty as well that we haven't, <laughs> that we haven't said more about no, them being and, good. And, and, and we should do because very, very briefly, if I may, I, we should say they've not been great since the return. Yeah, um, brilliant time. Yeah, and, and they but they have been a revelation this season. We shouldn't forget that. Wild has done an amazing job. Um, and and they didn't need to be that great last night to beat Spurs, but they did beat them. And now they're back in the conversation again. And if you look at the um, position they find themselves in, which is a very positive one, they've got Burnley um, and Wolves next in the league. Um, Burnley away and Wolves at home. Oof. And they've got um, a couple of other winnable games, I think. Uh, Leicester, who've been poor. Southampton, who've not, who aren't great. So they've got a real chance of doing something. Yeah, so anyway, um, great summary, guys, of that Jason Reno tactical masterclass warning. <laughs> wanting to avoid the Europa League and the associated issues that arise from that. Um, Time for a break. Welcome back to the preview show, sponsored by Betway. And we're going to have a lovely old time in this half, I think, guys. I think... You look like a new. You look like a new person. Some of us, some of us, the way. <laughs> I, I think some of us have have suffered enough, basically. Yeah. And um, and the lovely thing that we're going to be talking about now is that two years ago, Russia 2018, today was the day when England beat Colombia on penalties. Yeah. You know, I got very confused by this because when you put in our show plan, 2018 World Cup penalty anniversary, I was like. I remember that so vividly. I was in the cab in Moscow when the winning penalty went in and everyone went nuts in every restaurant. Oh, you mean you've Russia and Spain? And I, yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about Russia and Spain. I heard the scenes I heard the scenes in Moscow for that were absolutely incredible. It was it was unreal. Yeah. It was unreal. I'd love to have been there for that. But you're talking about England Columbia, right? Which yeah. I spent watching from through my fingers, lying prostrate on my living room floor because I was just desperate to not lose it. Yeah, and um, my wife, who's American, was being very positive, and I was saying, "You do not understand the history here. <laughs> this is not going to end well. This will never end well." And it did, and it was amazing. And I watched it back. It was amazing um, yesterday because I knew we were going to talk about it. And um, I watch it back every day, so you? I didn't need. <laughs> but to. you know what was amazing about it was that that summer was great because England did okay. Uh, they they did pretty well by their own standards, and I felt like the the country really came together for it. Mm. And I. I absolutely loved rewatching it. I loved Clive Tilsley on comms. He was great. The uh, one bit in the middle of the penalty shootout, he just killed though. He's a nice fellow, Clive, isn't he? Lovely, lovely guy. And, mm. and he obviously loves England and, and, and that's great. And he's really professional throughout the whole thing. And then halfway through the penalty shootout, it's almost like he just goes, ah. And he just, at one yes. point, he just goes, come, come on, on, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, <it was> so <laughs> funny. <laughs> and everyone's just like, yeah, come on. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. so and, good. And don't let it be forgotten. At the risk of sounding like a little Englander after what I said about Andy Robertson in the first half, even though I am part Scottish, so it's fair enough. Oh, okay. But I, I, I do not want it forgotten that Colombia were such shithouses in that game mm. that it was even sweeter that they got knocked out on penalties by England. Also, how you, embarrassing is that? For you, them, you wanted, to, you wanted to bring up um, that Jordan Pickford save, didn't you, from uh, Matthias Uribe? My goodness me! So. 
I'd, you know, what, that I'd, I'd forgotten that. That had fallen out of my mind until you sent it to me on WhatsApp the other day. Didn't he also miss a penalty as well, Arriba? He hit the underside of the bar in the shootout, I believe. Yeah, and that, um, eventually that got him a, a move to Europe. But that, um, that, do you remember that save? So it gets forgotten. Yes, I remember it. I watch it every day. It gets, it gets forgotten about. <laughs> I bloody love this, guys. I'm, I know I I'm not trying to be the like female Marcus Bella here, but I just, I'm obsessed with England. Like that, that's one of, that might be like my favourite ever moment in football, even including the Ajax win for Spurs. Like I really? just, I just, it's the, so I suppose also the angle for me is that, you know, three out of the five penalty takers were Spurs as well. So Harry Kane goes up, lovely. You, you're confident. So it's your West Ham won the World Cup moment, yeah. essentially. I yeah. wouldn't dream of saying that. I'm just, I'm just laying out the facts, Andy. Yeah. So <laughs> Harry Kane goes up, lovely job, as expected. Marcus Rashford, also did, you just, brilliant. did you just say, I'm, I'm trying not to be Marcus Beller, and then you just went, lovely job. <laughs> it's, it's actually lovely old job. Yeah, exactly. You get in there, then. Yeah, it's the modern version. Yeah. Um, Mar- um, Marcus Beller. Marcus Rashford <laughs> scores the second. We know what happens to Jordan Henderson, and also in the comms, as, you, as you've listened yeah. to as well, he goes, oh, he's not, he's not a regular penalty taker. Then, yeah. he, then he misses it. Fine. Um, third one, Kieran Trippier. And then that, Sorry, fourth one, learn to count, that, uh, Kieran Trippier, and then Eric Dyer. Now, look, I'm with Mourinho on this. I'll always have a special place in my heart for Eric Dyer but, but... because of that moment where we're all sitting there, apart from you, we haven't heard where you were, but anyway, uh, we're all sitting there. Like, I think I was home by that point, yeah. Terrified, and Eric Dyer just, he's so solid, isn't he? Yeah. And his, foc- his face of focus as he just, like, lines up the ball. I didn't think it was going to go in, obviously, because it's penalties and it's England. Yeah. But you felt pretty, I don't know, as calm as you could have felt in that moment. I look, back, I at, I look back at my notes from that because uh, we did a show afterwards and yeah. I, I've just put, Eric Dyer stepped up, his penalty is shit, but it goes in. <laughs> Basically what happened. <laughs> but by this point... I the refute shooting, that more. By, by, by Kieran Trippier's penalty, Tilda was just completely thrown it in. <laughs> He, he actually shouts, get in, when Trippiers goes in. So good. Yes! It's, it's amazing. And, and there's a great bit about uh, when they go back to the ITV studio. They, they go back to Mark Pugach, who's great. And um, he's obviously completely caught cold that he's going back to the studio so quickly. Mm. And he's, there's a lot of rummaging around. Because obviously the, 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 the footage is still of the, of the on-pitch scenes, but the, 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 the audio is from the studio. There's a lot of kind of rummaging around. And then um, they can't go to Lee Dixon because he can't speak. He's lost his voice. <laughs> Ian Wright's lost his glasses. And Gary Neville's just making a load of noises. It's amazing to watch back. It's, it's basically like box parking, Croydon. <laughs> essentially, yeah. yeah, essentially. But what an amazing moment. Two years to that. I can't believe it's gone by so quick. Yeah. And what we should say about Henderson is that Ospina's save was a brilliant save. It One-handed, was. right in the corner. I mean, it's yeah. right. It's a nice height, but it's right it in the easy. corner. Yeah, yeah, it was decent. Is it ever going to get that good again? That's what I wonder. Because it's that perfect moment, isn't it, where we're into the quarterfinals and there's everything to dream of. And, when, and also, as, an England, as England supporters, we're not... Think it wasn't that time where we were thinking, oh, you know, England really should win the World Cup. That had all sort of been played down. Mm. So it was that moment where I was like, wow, so, so we might make the semis. I thought final was an afterthought, by the way. Easy. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if this is an Asian thing, but w- <laughs> would you would you say I don't know? And it's it's got partly to do with chronology. Is that a more important moment to you than 
England winning the penalty shootout against Spain in Euro 96 because for me, I felt very strongly then England can never win a penalty shootout. Yeah, but they only... And you, and you had the Stuart Pearce moment as well. But they, yeah, that was great. And I, I was a bit too young to really love that. I was yeah. only 15. Mm. And also um, there wasn't this build-up of continued kind of disappointment, you know, yeah, because it was so recent was, that we'd been in the semi-finals mm. in 1990. Uh, that, that was also a great moment. When Stuart Pearce scored that, that was brilliant. Yeah, I loved that. I absolutely loved it. But um, the I'll tell you, with, with, with the Graham Taylor era in the middle, it did not feel very recent. No, I know yeah, what you mean. Uh, 1990 I know what you mean. In, in those times. Yeah, it's a great football documentary as well, that Graham Taylor one. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, guys, what a beautiful, emotional roller coaster we have already shared in the pod. And there's still more to go because we need to look ahead briefly, I think to the weekend I think the standout game we would say uh, Wolves up against Arsenal that's the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday we've got Wolves all wins since the restart okay they've been up against West Ham Bournemouth and Aston Villa you can make an argument that's not been uh, as challenging as a team as high quality as theirs perhaps needed but um, they're up against an Arsenal squad that are perhaps coming back into form. An Arsenal squad that are doing the same thing that they did consistently under Wenger, where they'd beat some chumps, play <laughs> a little bit of pleasing football, and would go, everything's fine. Yeah. It's not fine. Yeah. They, 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 never, they never run out of wallpaper to, to, for those cracks at Arsenal. Do they? <laughs> no, just when you think it gets, <laughs> they get, just when you think you're getting out, they pull you back in. I'm not saying Polly for the FC. You're not <laughs> saying Polly for the <laughs> no, FC. I wouldn't dream of saying that, mate. No, no, I wouldn't no, dream no, of saying no. that. But um, we have to remember that last time Arsenal played, they won 4 0. We also have to remember the team they played are trash. So, oh, sorry, we, we didn't we didn't get that in for you yesterday. Oh, I, what? I apologize. The I'm whole worried. time, me and Vish were talking about Aubameyang. Yeah. And, and and talking about the, the, the details of how he's re-expanding his game. Mm. I felt horribly guilty for not vindicating your uh, social media hill of Norwich is shit. Yeah, they are shit. They're bottom of the league for a reason. Um, but Wolves have been fantastic. And what is a real testament to, to them at this point in time, Andy, is that um, they have no injuries. At this point, they've got no injuries. And they're high intensity. I know they've had a break, but the high intensity they play at, they have this big, long break, and they come back, and they still don't have any injuries. It's, whatever they're doing there is incredible. It is incredible, because I think if you go back to the bit after their Europa League campaigns completed, and, of course, they did brilliantly to go through that, and I think it speaks a lot for the experience they've got in the squad as well. But then you go and look at some of the games they were winning in the Premier League after that. And they're finishing those games really strongly. And so the fact that not only did their form not fold through absolute exhaustion, but the fact, with not an enormous squad, we have to say, but the fact that they were able to finish games so powerfully and so strongly says, well, they must be conditioned incredibly well. Yeah. Wolves was the last was the last team I saw live before lockdown, actually, yeah. uh, at, the Spur, at the Spurs Stadium. And they're just, the intensity that they play with is just, mm. it was 3-2 that game they won. Um, and the intensity they play with and the way that they all just seem to know their roles and wh whoever comes... I mean, we know Nuno doesn't like to change up his squad too much, but no. even when he does, the way that people fit into that, it's just very impressive and, mm. and it's kind of great to see. I mean, Wolves are a massive club back probably where they belong. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that it'll be, this is definitely the pick of the games. I'll be, I'll be enjoying, enjoying to watch this. And... and, and it will be a test of Arsenal as well. The culture at Arsenal's wrong. We've known that for a while. Um, and when, and as Andy's alluded to, when they come up against someone decent, uh, how are they going to react? How are they going to play? How are they going to deal with the movement and the um, intensity of this Wolves side, 
who have looked looked fantastic. So well, I don't think you expect miracles if you're Arteta, but you do. It's a process. It's a process. Encouragement. Yeah, exactly. And one nice thing for Arsenal this week, one of the players that I'm. I really like, I can like Arsenal players. Um, Makaya Saka has just signed his new contract. Yeah. And he's 18. He's absolutely, he's absolutely brilliant, I think, in the way he's slotted in and some of the performances he's he's put in um, coming into the Arteta side. Um, he's also got four A stars at GCSE, I learned. So, Good on him. Yeah. Nice. Impressive stuff. But anyway. Four more than me. <laughs> kids, you. A stars weren't available in your day, though, were That's they? Not they were. True. They were. were they? Just about. Yeah, they were. They were. Well, they weren't available in my <laughs> It wasn't day. my concern, but they, they were available in theory. Yeah. 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 Not many, I didn't have many conversations centred around that particular grade at school, but they, I'm pretty sure they were Well, available. and look at you now. I know. Um, Depressing, isn't it? But anyway, so perhaps that could be a glimmer of hope, a young player like that committing his future to the club. Mm. I don't know. I'm trying to be positive about Arsenal. It should be applauded. Yeah. Right, let's talk about Europe, shall we? Yeah. Um, we've got Andy Brassel in 60 seconds telling us about this weekend in Europe. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to get Andy to do all the European big news in 60 seconds. In 60 seconds. And I'm going to time him and I'm going to tell you when to stop. I might even do a countdown thing at the end as well. We're not trying to be disrespectful to Europe, which we, of course... No, we're trying to be disrespectful to Andy. Yes. Yeah. What? I've made that absolutely clear. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own there. <laughs> as usual. All right. <laughs> all right, so Luke has got a proper timer. Yeah, right. I'm going to time him. And we're going to leave you on that. Yeah, okay. Ready? Ready? Steady? Well, first, we've got the DFB Pokal final on Saturday between Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich. Leverkusen, also known as Neverkusen, since that blowout 18 years ago when they lost the league, the cup and the Champions League in the space of 11 days. Bad news for them this week as Paulinho, a very exciting Brazilian uh, attacking midfielder, did his cruciate ligament in training, so he won't be able to make it. Kai Havertz, of course, it could be his last big domestic game for them. They'll keep him for the Europa League. But Bayern signed Leroy Sané, an absolute on fire, so I fully expect them to win that. Real Madrid, you fully expect them to win La Liga now because, of course, they won on Thursday night 1 0 against Getafe. Sergio Ramos, who's the new Cristiano Ronaldo, scoring from the penalty spot, <laughs> in which was a pretty scratchy game. They go 15 to seconds have... left. <laughs> You've taken three of them away by taking <laughs> over me. No. Anyway, they um, go to Athletic at the weekend, which is their most difficult remaining game, but of course, they won't have to face the fearsome fans. Let's see if Eden Hazard's back in the 11. That was bang on a minute. Blimey. Good on you. Well done. Two big stories there. I like that. That was like a Rain Man thing. Did you see how his eyes kind of rolled back into his head? You know that, <laughs> you know that gif of um, the geezer looking at all the sums in the air? And uh, have you seen that? All the equations come past. It might be uh, the guy from The Hangover. That's what you reminded me of with that gif there. He's working a hundred things out at once. The yeah. guy from two... The Hangover. <laughs> no, I'm doing that in a disrespectful way. I hope to be rewarded by being given Mike Tyson's tiger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're much more handsome and clever, obviously. Um, that was good, though. Two yeah, big was... stories in 60 seconds. What about that? I like how you saved it. That's more handsome and clever. Anyway, Luke, this is your moment. You yeah. are taking charge. and Yeah, it's time for Betways 4 to score, as we do every Friday. Um, each week we participate in it for a chance to win a huge prize for charity. 4 to score entry is free. You just pick the first goal scorer in Betways 4, selected matches each round. If you're correct, you can win up to £100,000 this week. Um, obviously, make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. Game one is Burnley v Sheffield United. Sheffield United having another run out this Sunday lunchtime after their defeat of Spurs. They go to Turf Moor. Andy, who have you picked? Uh, I've gone with recency bias and I've gone for Sander Berger, who was so excellent, of course, against yeah. Tottenham Hotspur. Also looks wonderful in a tuxedo. 
He, I mean, it could be the start of a hot streak. He does look great. I'd like to know more about him, actually. Maybe um, you can tell me about him later. We haven't got time now, but I'd yeah. like to hear more about him. Um, game two we gave to Vish. He had uh, Newcastle v West Ham, which is the game after the uh, Burnley-Sheffield United game at 2.15. He had this to say. Hello, Ramblers. I'm very excited to provide you with my first Betway 4 to score. Um, I'm quietly confident as well because someone pointed out to me that when I joined the Ramble for those first couple of games, Raul Jimenez was the first goal scorer for Wolves. Now, he's someone that you turned your back on a while ago for this very game. And I feel like because of his upturning form, as I've come into the Ramble, that I should be really good at this game. And I'm going to embarrass a lot of you by winning on my first go. So with that in mind, for my first goal scorer in Newcastle v West Ham, I'm going to go for Mikhail Antonio. He scored on Wednesday. If he scores again on the weekend, he'll have doubled his tally for the season. As I say that out loud for the first time, I'm starting to doubt my choice. So I'm going to stop talking and leave you with Mikhail Antonio. Come on, you irons. So Vish has gone for, a very confident Vish has gone for Mikel Antonio. We'll soon knock that confidence out of him when he realises how difficult it is to win on this game. Um, but who knows? Mikel Antonio, he did it did all right last time out, so you never know. Uh, Liverpool v Villa is game three. It's Sunday at 4.30. I've got that game. I went for Virgil van Dijk, and I'll tell you why. Chiefly because I think he'll play, and I think it's very difficult to know at this point which players are going to be picked, yeah. given that Liverpool have already won. Um, they've got a lot of games in a row. I, I just wonder. I, I've got a feeling he might change up the forward players. So I'm going to go with Van Dyke. Hopefully he can chuck one in from a uh, not chuck one in. That wouldn't be in the rules, but he can head one in from a from a from a, from a uh, set piece. Kate. Uh, last but not least, Southampton v Man City Sunday at 7 p.m. It ends a bumper day of football. Uh, what have you got? Yeah, if there's one thing we know about football at the moment is that you cannot touch it with your hand. No, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, Southampton City. I think we've spoken about him quite a lot already today. It may be recency bias, but I feel as though Phil Foden is making this his moment to say, look, if you if I'm not a regular starter in your team next season, you are mad, Pep yeah. Guardiola. So I think um, it's going to be him scoring first. He's already been directly involved in 14 goals in his last 17 appearances. Bloody hell, that is good. All right, so in summary, Sander Berger, Mikel Antonio, Virgil van Dijk and Phil Foden are our four choices for four to score. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Completely free to play, but further T's and C's apply. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. For more information, go to begambleaware.org. Right, that was Betway's four to score. Now it's time for Luke's game. Now, if anyone has detected, and I would never be as unprofessional as to suggest this, but if anyone has detected a little bit of anxiety in Kate Mason today, partly to do with Spurs, <laughs> but it's mostly to do with this game. Followers of us on social media can check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Football Ramble Daily on Instagram and at Football Ramble on Twitter. Followers on Instagram will know that Kate has been trying to nobble me all week about this game. Oh, what do I research? How do I do it? I don't know what to do. And now the reckoning has arrived. The reckoning has arrived. Regular players of Luke's game are now at work. It's pretty straightforward once you get listening, so don't 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 get too confused. Play along at home. You're combining you are. my two least favourite things, which are a feeling that I haven't prepared for a sort of exam. Yeah. <laughs> and this kind of football trivia that I think in some ways is designed to Pointless. shut people out. 
It's a fun game. I don't find competition fun unless I win. What is your problem? It's a fun game. It's a fun game. Don't worry. We've got Rain Man over here. Yeah. Brassel. I tell you what, why don't I do the game and you do and you compete with Brassel? Sorry, Andy. Let me just take the name. No, yeah, it's called Luke's Game. Yeah, so yeah. You design your own game, you can play it. All right? All right. I found it surprisingly hard. There you go. Apparently you didn't. You beat Marcus 3-2 and Marcus is supposed to be the best one. He's not, no. I think I think... Jules is very underrated. Yeah. Andy's good at it. Uh, Jim's not bad. Jim's got good tactics. He can be tactically good at this Yeah, but game. I've completely blown my fucking tactics out of the water, haven't I? By being like, I'm terrified. It could be mind games. So it could be I Jose go, Mourinho psychology. So if I go five, Brussels going to be like, well, you don't know that. Kate, 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 all Kate's saying is Andy, in the style of Jose Mourinho, she's just a little horse at the moment. That's all she is, a little horse. <laughs> All right, Look, let's get on with it. Otherwise, I'm going to sleep. Okay, so people have to... I give you a player. You have to bid for the amount of clubs I play for. You can name... Kate, you're going first because it's your debut. Great. Okay. <laughs> try and speak into the mic. I know you're upset, but try and speak into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> the first, and, and what I would say to back you up before we get into it... What? ...is that everyone who listens to this show says, oh, this game's easy. I got this, I got that. It's different when you're on the show. The pressure makes it different. So don't stress about it. Michael Carrick is your first player. He's played for five teams... How many teams do you think you can name? Just, get, just need a number at this stage. Zero teams. Don't 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 be like this. Don't be like this. Don't be like this. How many clubs are my captain? It's a tactic, can, Luke. Can it's a tactic. Three. Good bid. It's a perfectly fine bid. You're going to settle into this fine. Andy, can you name four clubs that Michael Carrick's played for, or would you like Kate to name three? I can only think of three, actually. So you want her to name three? Yeah. Okay. Kate, can you please name one at a time three clubs that Michael Carrick's played for? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, and we have to make, like, not gaps because people don't want to listen to silence. Yeah. Manchester United. Correct. That's one. Did you mouth something at me? No. That's kind. (laughs) (laughs) No way. I've got, I'm looking at you, I've got a Southampton in my mind, but I don't know if that's just because you hate them. No, I've not said anything. That's, I'm afraid that's my second bid. Southampton? Yeah. Incorrect, I'm afraid. Yeah. He played for West Ham, Swindon Town on loan. Didn't expect to get that. Thanks. Birmingham City on loan. Didn't expect to get Did he expect you to get Spurs? Yeah, but I didn't think there was point in build. Sorry, oh, what, you think I should have built up the tension more? Yeah. Oh, right, because I, I knew the first two, but I didn't want you to... <laughs> what you should have done is just name the clubs that you know. No, because I didn't want to build myself up and be like, oh, well, I've got this first two. Am I going to get the third? I wanted to break it down because I knew the third was a dodgy one. It's a point to Andy. I get it. 1-0 to Andy. Thanks. Next player. Play for eight clubs in total. Kate, don't walk out when I say this name, please. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing front ribbery again, are you? <laughs> no, no. He's played for eight teams in total. It's Glenn Murray. Oh, that's quite hard, I think. It is hard. Don't worry about the listeners. They, they're, always, they're always experts from the sidelines. It's just how it is. It's difficult. I think I've got three. Kate, can you name three? Can you name four? Sorry. Can you name four clubs at Glen Murray? Would you like Andy to name them? I don't want to name four. Okay. Andy, you need to name three clubs that Glen Murray's played for. You're one nil up. I should have pushed him up a bit more though, shouldn't I? I should have made him Could seem have, like I knew. Exactly. That's the beauty of this tactic. Oh, See, look, I'm not... Oh, You're new. It's, it's, it's a debut. It's a debut. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Palace, Brighton, Carlisle. One at a time, I need them. Alice is correct. <laughs> Brighton is correct. And Carlisle is correct. That's 2 0 to Andy. Yeah. Well played. You well, can my heart's not in it, I want to know the other one. You want to build up your knowledge. So, if we're talking about um, 
just professional clubs. We want to go, I think, probably Carlisle, Stockport, Rochdale, Brighton, Palace, Reading, Bournemouth and Brighton again. That doesn't count. Doesn't so, count. so Barrow is the other one. Okay. Okay. He started in some in some other non-league clubs. Barrow, think, football yeah. league team. Yeah. Yeah, they are now. Congratulations yeah. to them. Okay, okay, here we go. You need to get this point to, to stay in the game. Okay, stay in the point. You don't care, do you? No, you don't care. <laughs> um, he's played for eight teams. Okay. He retired in 2002. And it's David Ginola. No. What do you mean, no? Just <laughs> say no. <laughs> you can't just say no. You have to name it. You have to put at least one. What I've done here is I've psyched myself out. And I'm just, my mind is just full of emptiness and, and despair. Why don't you, so what two. Two, okay. Andy? Okay. Four? You can't name five, can you, Kate? No, I cannot. Andy. Thank you for doing that, though. But you know, though. <laughs> so this is pointless. Well, I'll try and pick players that have played. I know. I yeah. get it. Okay, I, right. I have got that. Thank Andy. you so much, mate. <laughs> Andy, you've got four teams to name that David Janot has played for for a 3-0 win. Um, go ahead. Newcastle United. Correct. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. Correct. Aston Villa. I disappoint you to do a Burt Brummie accent for Aston Villa there. So do we. <laughs> um, Paris Saint-Germain. Correct. That's four. Yeah, great job. It's a 3-0 win. As expected. Well done, Andy. I'm sorry I ruined the whole, like, atmosphere thing. Don't worry, you didn't. You know, you know what that was like? That was like, I felt like Manchester City and Kate felt like Liverpool. Yeah. I, I, felt, I felt like there's loads of talent, but she didn't even try it, thereby cheapening my victory. I've also underestimated just how uncompetitive Kate Mason is. <laughs> I thought you really want to win. Yes, but if it's something where I don't feel as though I'm up there, then mm. I think my tendency is to... To bow out early. We'll do a training session before next time. Can we? Yeah, because what I want to do is learn. But the problem is, you can't. This is not the sort of thing that I'm yeah. gesturing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's another solid win for you. That's two out of two, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I think you beat Marcus three two. You've beaten Kate three 0 You're the number one seed, I think. Now, mm. uh, when we get Jules in on a Friday, yeah, she that's will. The one, isn't it? She's a dark horse. She's yeah. very, very good. Uh, and uh, Marcus Jim have got a lot of experience. So it's, it's, it's not an even playing field at this point, but it will become one. That's the most important thing. And also, if you don't like it, Kate, just think of another game and that will supersede this one because everyone will like that one more and, you've, and you're golden, aren't you? All right, I might do that. Maybe next time it can be Kate's game and I'll play against Andy. All right. And he'll beat me and you'll feel better. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it from me. Well, thanks, guys. Mm. Um, I'm going to try and get back upbeat. I started downbeat. I got yeah. upbeat and now I'm... Slightly downbeat. Again. It's been an emotionally difficult show for you, hasn't it? Yeah. Actually, has been quite complex. Um, yeah, want to take to the therapist. Thank you for being with me on this emotional roller coaster, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Thanks, Andy Russell. Thank you. I've been Kate Mason. This has been the previous show, sponsored by Beckler. This was a Stakhanov production.